From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in Active Reactive Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, a show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. In this interview episode, we talked to Dev Jana, one of the developers of the non-violent game Newt One, to discuss violence and alternatives to violence in video games. And so, if everyone's ready, let's start. Are we ready? <laughs> this is the first question. Right, let's go. Yeah. Yes, we are. So we want to get talking to Dev as soon as we can, but guys, we have to quickly mark this occasion, 25th episode. It Hooray! is. <laughs> it's a party. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, uh, quick survey of the hosts here. Did we think we'd get this far? Uh, oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we got this. Uh-huh. Confident, yes. That's Stephen McGregor. I, I feel pretty good. We, you know, we were talking when we started. Like, were we going to do weekly or biweekly, or how well could we do it? And I feel like we hit the ground running, and uh-huh. it's been a pretty smoothish ride. I'd yeah. like to say. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think we've done a good job. Yeah. All right. So yeah, us. Of course, people should tell us using the feedback form. They should, in fact. So why why don't we do that pitch now? Yes. Uh, Nicegames.club/slash/feedback. Yeah. Tell us how we're doing because we kind of don't know. <laughs> we just ask each other and like, you know, a little bit of bias in the clubhouse. Yeah, most of so. the time we just say, yeah, you're doing good guys. Uh-huh. We would like some feedback. And if it all, if all it is, is yeah, you're doing good guys. Uh, the, you know, that's <laughs> quantitative data. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> we could use a little bit of that. So yeah. send it our way. Mm-hmm. Nice games. Club slash feedback. Yes. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk to Dev. Hello. How you doing, man? I'm cold. <laughs> 40 degrees out somehow a week before May, but I'm doing all right otherwise. Yeah, yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, why you're here. Well, I am making a nice game. That's probably the, the yeah. number one yeah. reason that I am here. <laughs> the, um, the game on which uh, I and my partner Ari is working is called Newt One, and one of the focuses of it revealed itself while we were making the game. We, huh. we had no intention of making a completely nonviolent game until we got deep into it and realized you know what, Ari, your stuff, like his art, he's the artist, I'm the programmer and musician. It's like, your art is just so cute. I feel bad killing these things. <laughs> and then we started, uh, like, I'm, in, uh, I'm a teacher and I was looking into the data of, well, how can we like affect people's behaviors and, and what type of research is mm-hmm. available out there? And you hear a lot of discussion about violence in games just in general. I, I personally from my experience as well as from a lot of the observances that I've had is that like stimulation can lead to, to bad behaviors as much as violence, if not more. So Mm -hmm. for instance, for me, I'm much more likely to throw a a tirade and break a controller after a really intense game of Dr. Mario, (laughs) right? Like more more than I am after playing um, GTA or something like that, or or at the very least equally capable of doing that. Mm -hmm. So at that point we started focusing on like, how can we affect the user in a way that we intentionally try to give them a calm, like happy experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, we started off really just like, ah, we'll make a game together. So Ari and I went to grad- graduate school together. We've known each other for like 12 years now, something like that, uh-huh. 11 years. And we've been very good friends for a long time. And um, it was he just made a post one day about um, some game engine that nobody had heard of. And it was like <laughs> free for 30 days. I was like, yeah, I want to make a game. I was like, yeah, you know, I've got some time. I just moved. Uh, well, it was maybe like eight months after I'd moved here. I went to LA for a couple of years. Uh-huh. And uh, it was just kind of a way for us to stay in touch and make something. And then very quickly, we're like, this engine's not 
technically that good. So like, let's, <laughs> let's, that's why it's free. Get what you pay for. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, well, let's try something different. And it was like, well, we'll just make like a, you know, a collection platformer thing and started running around in the world and jumping on his, his creatures. And I was like, oh, this is really cute. Yeah. And then <laughs> I felt I genuinely had a pang of guilt when I killed one one day. Mm-hmm. So I added a, a, a point where I'm using hand motions that nobody can see. Yeah. <laughs> I added, it happens um, often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I added a jump on an enemy, like a Mario jumping on a turtle style mm-hmm. death. And before the enemies would just pop and disappear. Mm-hmm. And I added a ghost that would, oh, wow. would float up towards the heavens and, while it was like spinning, it would like dissipate. And the first time I did it, I, I was like, this is going to be great. And as soon as I did it, I, I called him. It was like one in the morning. I was like, dude, we cannot do this. I feel oh. so guilty. And, and then I started looking at all the data of like, well, is it possible to, to affect people's, um, their subjective well-being, which is kind of the opposite of when you go to the doctor and they say, how bad does it hurt? One to 10. And they show you those pictures of like the smiley face to the like screaming face. <laughs> There's uh like, that's, I don't know what that would be. That would be like subjective unwell-being or something mm-hmm. like that. But the opposite is like your subjective well-being. How happy are you? How good do you mm-hmm. feel? And there are a lot of studies that say like the, um, the use of color and progress and music can be used uh, to get people to feel better about themselves oh, and then yeah. uh, their actual subjective well-being will go up. And there's a lot of, and then that led me down this rabbit hole of looking into the data. And it was like, Oh, okay. Well, people who have higher subjective well-beings tend to have a uh, lower blood pressure and, and even just like a lower, um, a lower chance of having like gum disease. Like there were just so many, huh. so many uh, things about it. And that's also, you know, correlation is necessarily causation mm-hmm. just because you're happy maybe you just brush your teeth more because you're happy. You know, like maybe people who aren't happy don't brush their teeth. I don't know, but like, let's find out. And what we do is make games. So we figured we would give it a shot. And then as a result, I've got a whole bunch of, of that data that um, when we do talks, I'll, I'll show it up on the screen. So the game started as us working on, I was working on a a music system. Like just uh, as you progress through a level, the music changes. Uh I was like, well, that can show progression. And then I was like, okay, well, how does progression affect people's like subjective well-being? How does it affect their understanding of themselves and their surroundings? And it turned out being, oh, it makes people happy. It was like, well, what's why are we making a game? Maybe we're going to make it to make people happy. And that became the focus of the game. At every turn, every design decision is like, well, is this going to make people happy or not? And if mm-hmm. it's not, then mm-hmm. we won't do it. That is absolutely fascinating. <laughs> that yeah, is so that's a really cool story. <laughs> yeah, so like the, the, and, and it, you know, it also helps that Ari and I have known each other for so long. We trust each other. Mm-hmm. So, if there's ever a, a decision, we, we're actually Devin Ari's name of our company. I'm the president of Code and Noises, and he's the president of, of Visuals and Playtime. I think those are <laughs> that's like on, on our like on our like actual. It's filed with the state of Minnesota somewhere. <laughs> we, we paid for those titles. I know that much. Um, but it, it helps that like I trust him, and he trusts me to be like this is not going to make people happier. This is, and then mm-hmm. once we got it in front of people, specifically at TEDx last year. Uh, seeing people play it was a big, big change in terms of like, oh, ev- everybody who you'll either lock into it or you won't. Because if yeah. what you're looking for is Call of Duty, then you're not going to dig, right? You know, something that has no, no bad guys in it. There's literally no way to hurt anything in the game. We've taken the player's agency away from being able to hurt anything in the game. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I'm just gonna. I've talked enough about our project, at least for the moment, because. <laughs> 
what that led me down this path of is like looking at the games that I play mm-hmm. and like how I play them. So uh, Dishonored 2 is one of my favorite games yeah. from last year. And I loved the first Dishonored. It was one of those like revelatory games of 2013. I was like, I had no idea this game was coming. I didn't even know about it until like the month before it launched. I was like, I'll buy it and see if it's fun. And it became one of mine and my wife's favorite franchises. We just love the game. Mm-hmm. Those games are great. Yeah. And you can go through summoning playgrats and just murdering people as much as you want. Or you can, and I have played through and stealth through without killing anybody in the game. Huh. which is really difficult. Mm-hmm. But the reward was so bizarre. Like you get an achievement when you've completed the game and you've killed no one. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I had no idea that you could be rewarded for it. And this is, has become one of the like taglines of what we're trying to do is like, we're saying that we're trying to build a game that rewards you for how much life you bring to the world, not how much life you take from the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's so weird to think of it, but like even the Mario games are actually Pretty violent. Like you, if you count right. how many things you kill in each level, you're killing a ton yeah. Yeah. of goombas yeah. in every single level. Like even just jumping on things and fireballing, it's like wow. I I just started looking at every, all of the media that I was consuming, and it's really, really. Mm-hmm. It, I think it's almost impossible to find another like purely non-violent game. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, a lot of times in video games, we just default to violence as like the uh, the main method of mm-hmm. doing any actions, and it's it's intrinsically exciting. Right. right, like yeah. it's you. You get like this hit of emotion. It's very easy to make something exciting by putting an explosion in it. Right, mm-hmm. like it's really easy. But it like, does it really need to be like an explosion, or can it be like fireworks? Mm-hmm. Right, right? Mm. and that has been really kind of relegated to mostly puzzle games. And yeah. yeah, not really like games where you are invested in the character. You're invested in yourself, and the puzzle game is there to entertain you. You're not really taking part in this game. Right. What, I, what I find so um, fascinating about this whole topic is that it is such an untapped avenue of video games. Like we've barely touched the surface on, and there's, 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 it, we're kind of bringing that back a little bit where there's like more, um, what, what do people call them? Walking simulators mm-hmm. yeah. to mock them, I suppose. But like uh, games like that, like um, what was it? E- Ethan Carter and um, Firewatch. Yeah. Firewatch. Yes. Those One of, of my games. favorite games. Of well, just this uh, week, um, what what happened to uh, Edith Finch? Right, just came out. It's a similar kind of. So, yeah. yeah, it's what you use because there's a difference between like violence as uh, action, right? Like you hit a button and you punch, mm-hmm. versus violence as metaphor. So, like in Mario, you jump on a Goomba and he vanishes in a puff of smoke. You you understand to have killed him, but <laughs> yeah. the game kind of makes it sort of ambiguous. Whereas in like Sonic, when you attack an enemy. Uh, you break open its robot cage and the trapped bunny rabbit inside bounces off the screen. Yeah. Like, but it's the same action. Right. right? And so it, it, both are sort of violent mechanics, but then the metaphor is changed. And so like you were saying, like, should it be, you know, an explosion or fireworks? It's interesting, like the difference between mechanics and those story elements. Uh, I, I mean, I'm really curious about Newt one because like you talked about, you started out as yeah, it's just you're just going to jump on enemies and they go away. It's a standard kind of mechanic, mm-hmm. but in in a sense, you've you've changed the mechanics as well as the 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 story metaphor. They've sort of moved along together so right? significantly. You didn't just put a coat of paint on it or anything. Oh, make absolutely, it quote unquote, not violent. I, I'll um, if you're interested, sometime I'll, I'll send you some of the early footage where there are enemies who are like literally coughing up seeking missiles at yeah. you that you're <laughs> that you're jumping around. Like we didn't know what we were doing. We were still feeling things out, mm-hmm. and I think. Um, being who we are, you know, we're, we're two like married, gainfully employed, full-time job having people. We're, mm-hmm. like, we're just going to take our time and let the game reveal what it needs to be. 
which is one of the joys of being an indie developer. You know, we didn't have like a publisher was like, this is what the game's going to be. And this is the design and it's going to come out on this date. We thought it was going to take six months. We're now two years. And what is it? Eight, two, two years and five oh, months. Oh, man. Into yeah. <laughs> Relate so hard to that. Yeah. So, so all of the mechanics that we thought we were going to have, mm-hmm. every single one of them is no longer in the game. Other uh-huh. than the locomotion of the player, everything is completely changed. Right. In the game. Sure, sure. Every single bit of it. Even the music system that I wrote that started our partnership is not represented in the game in any way, shape. Oh my gosh. Completely. Because what that gave you more, the original music system gave you more of a hook into the actual game world. What was happening was if you can imagine a step sequencer, I'm not even sure if that'll make sense to to some of the listeners, but um, almost like um, a music box, you know, you've got those little ticks and as they, as they uh, tick, they, as the disc spins, each one of those little like spikes plucks a string or like, similar to like hitting a key on a, um, mm-hmm. on a piano. Mm-hmm. So uh, the original one, the original music system was like, um, was like that. It was like a sequencer. And, and when things happened, you could tie real world events to them. So blocks would be moving to the music. They'd, oh, okay. they'd be oh, turning cool. on and off and like ma- getting big and getting small, et cetera. And that was me using hand motions that nobody can see. Again. <laughs> <laughs> we do that often. <laughs> Which that original sound system, like sound world system seemed like that was going to be the mm. unique selling point of the sure. Game, right. I was like, Oh, here it is. You actually create the music. And I even made it to the point where you could like make music in the game. And then that mm-hmm. would create the world around you. And yeah. I was like, Oh, this is going to be great. You're actually interacting with the music. But what it did not do was, offer a sense of progress, which is mm. what the new music system does. Yeah. And that was what gave people not a, not necessarily a sense of accomplishment, but a sense of progress Yeah, mm. because the sense of, of progress is more likely to give you um, uh, like a positive boost in, in your emotional well being. Yeah. Whereas the sense of accomplishment, I think we all know some, some really terrible people who are like hooked on accomplishment, right? right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of like really, really horrible people are like, Oh, I'm the best because I've accomplished all these things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's, there's a lot to be said for accomplishment, but I think that is very well represented in the game world. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so we wanted to to have this sense of progress come along. And if if you've played Newt One or if you've seen it, every level starts completely black, and then as you're as you touch objects or get close to them, depending on, on what um, powers you have, the music changes and it grows, and so does the color and and the action in the world. Yeah. So what usually happens is people don't even realize that things have changed until they start the next level. And then mm-hmm. it drops down and they're like, Oh wow, I need to bring this, this back to life. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's exactly what the, what we wanted to create. So if you uh, think of the classic, like intensity over time graph, mm-hmm. nothing is better than Tetris at that, right? Like yeah. it's going, it's going as fast, as fast. And it ends. you're like, ah, dude, mm-hmm. I got to start over again. Dr. Yeah. Dr. Mario for me, that's the one. Yeah. Dr. Mario for me is the, the best game that I can play other, other than Arkanoid. Is anybody Oh yeah, I think is my favorite game of all time. And it, it also follows that. And we wanted to give them that sense without that sense of loss when it ends, you know, mm-hmm. when something happens. So that was, that's kind of the, the focus that we were going for. You talked about walking simulators. I'm just not really a big fan of murder simulators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I can understand yeah, that. I, I do play, I think I'm like 700 hours into rocket league or something right now. Yeah. Oh wow. yeah. That's, that's, uh, yeah. That's my new addiction. <laughs> a lot of game genres, you know, follow it's very similar to fiction genres where uh, conflict is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so representing that, and that's why games have violent mechanics and violent stories because they're the easiest way to generate conflict in a story. And I'm of the opinion that that's not a failure of video games exactly, but it doesn't, uh, but I also agree it doesn't really say anything good about it. Yeah. Um, I think that there's, there's room for both, but the balance is off. 
Yeah, I right? think that that's just, that's a very well represented uh, corner of corner. That's very well represented like majority of games. Has anybody played the new Hitman game? I have not. Oh, uh, my boyfriend has. I, I love it. And yeah. it's basically a super, super violent puzzle game. Yeah. 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 And, and, and interestingly, you can find really cool ways to be violent and expressive of yourself, like creatively mm-hmm. in that game. Mm-hmm. Like really, really interesting ways. And what I didn't realize when I got it was like, I'm going to replay this one level like 12 times. And sometimes I'll replay it and I'll spend like four hours in the corner. Like, okay, as soon as I have an opportunity, I'm yeah. going <laughs> to run out. I'm going to use the exploding golf ball on this guy. And when he, when, when his um, ball explodes, it's going to hit, it's going to throw his body over here. That's yeah. going to explode this other trap and that's going to kill somebody. And I'm like, wow, this is a really morbid, you know, like yeah. train of thought on which yeah. I'm right. Yeah. But I've managed to like express myself creatively in that game. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like, I, I loved that. We just actually just two nights ago, finished the new tomb Raider, which uh, I just, I could not, I hadn't played one since the 2013 tomb Raider. So mm-hmm. I'd okay. forgotten how violent those games are. Yeah. There were even so many points where I was like, I want to get to that tower because that's always what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the yeah. tower. I need to get to the tower. <laughs> yeah. and there's all these, these, you know, bald guys with machine guns in the way. And there was no way to stealth around them for like, I actually had to murder dozens of people right. just to move forward. Mm-hmm. And after playing something like thief or um, dishonor, as I was saying earlier, I was like, Oh, this, this seems really interesting, but there's like violence is everywhere too. It's not just games. Too. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah. It's all in the movies and TV and, music even yeah it's it's all over music too yeah. in like in really direct ways and violence in games has always gotten a rap of like it's directly responsible for people's actions right like we, we've been hearing that since i'm old enough to have, have like been a teenager when doom came out yeah you know so like and i was actually a high school teacher when columbine happened uh, oh. and, and it was uh it, it was one of the worst like the, and i was so far removed from when i was in pennsylvania and it was still like one of the, the worst things that I had actually personally gone through just considering that actually happening at my school. Cause I don't know if you remember the footage, but it looked so much like any, like any school, you know, it could have mm, been any, yeah. any school. And at the time there was so much, you know, games was in its infancy at least 3d games were. And so the concept of like a simulator, like actually simulating an action kept coming up and like, Oh, these guys play doom. I was like, well, yeah, but so did like literally millions <laughs> of other people. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And the thing that I kept going back to was like music, right? we all agree that music can make you feel better. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. When you're feeling bad. You put on your favorite song. It's going to give you a kick, but I, I, I don't see that type of attention being given to games. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I think that's an underrepresented area. Yeah. I focus on the bad stuff so much. And there's, mm-hmm. there's so much good stuff to focus on. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. actually did anybody play a hateful, um, hateful boyfriend? Yeah. Yeah, like, the, pigeon, like, uh, the pigeon dating game. Yeah. <laughs> pigeon dating game. Non, non-violent game, you know? Like, I remember playing that and like, whoa, what is this? Okay, well, people are trying stuff. You know, that's yeah. a good point. A lot of visual novels, they're, some of them are quite violent, I think. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I don't play a lot of them, but um, visual novels in general are fairly non-violent, which is rare, I suppose. And maybe maybe they're not they're not super popular with, I guess, mainstream video yeah. or gamers, but that's an avenue of uh, non-violence. It, te- it tends to be a genre thing. Mm-hmm. You were talking about puzzles earlier, too. Yeah. I mean, I guess like Bomberman's kind of a violent. That's pretty violent. That's true. Everyone bombs at people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't get much more violent than that. But um, I guess it does, <laughs> as we've seen. But, huh, that's interesting. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's a, maybe it's a genre-specific sort of thing. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for it to be like I, it doesn't I, have to be. Yeah. Well, like like you you can have a nonviolent shooter even like um, Splatoon is. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. All you're doing is painting people. <laughs> yeah. And how much fun is Splatoon? Too, oh, it's when such a you good get game. People together. That game's great. Or mm-hmm. um, 
was the Nintendo 64, like the um, Pokemon Snap was basically oh, yeah. a nonviolent shooter. So like, it's, it's not really necessarily a new thing. I think that when you said like mainstream gamers, like when, uh-huh. when people who aren't involved in games as a medium think of gamers, they usually think of like, you know, the Call of Duty fans who yeah. are, are hyper violent and are, are looking for that next hit, at least with how they interact with their medium. Mm-hmm. And that's not part of like nonviolence or even like happiness, which is really awkward because that's what video games started as for me. You know, like the, yeah. I think I'm so happy Nintendo is having a resurgence right now. Cause yeah. I cannot, first of all, I cannot wait for a new Metroid. <laughs> that's what I'm like holding my breath on. Every time they ask Reggie, he's like, well, we understand, you know, it's the most corporate answer. We understand that yeah. people want to see it. And it's a very valuable franchise. We're not ready to make it like, but I'm really excited that a company that doesn't just follow industry trends, but also like has a history of yeah. having colorful and happiness come back to games right. is, is, moving back to the forefront. It's got to be really difficult to compete with Sony and Microsoft uh, in any way, shape or form in any realm, mm-hmm. put mm-hmm. billions of dollars behind any of that stuff. Yeah. Well, I think that sort of Nintendo magic is, is really about the mechanics and the, the polish they put towards that because Metroid is an inherently violent story, Super. Right. but it, you know, the, it, those games are de- designed like puzzle games, mm-hmm. right? Like the sort of, uh, at least the original Metroids were. And, uh, and Mario, like we said is, you know, is when you really, think of it, it's kind of horrific, right? <laughs> yeah. But it is designed, the way it, interact, the way it interacts with the player is by this, this sort of level of joy and space and, and charm. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, so it's kind of a, it's all come together. It's not really just a matter of does this game have guns or not? Right. Right? It's something other, other than that. Like when you're describing like the goal you have when you design a mechanic in Newt 1 is not, is this violence or not? Is, does this make the player happy? Uh, you know, on that sort of spectrum you're defining. So, you know, you can have uh, moves that involve tension and action and without having to, without having to be that sort of traditional, um, I guess you'd, you would say violence, right? It would sort sure. of like get into that zone, mm-hmm. right? Right. And there's like, just on the topic of old Nintendo games, I'm not sure anything is more joyful or has been more joyful in games than just simply running around in Mario 64. Oh my goodness. Just right. like climbing a tree, uh-huh. doing handstand and flipping off. Uh-huh. They, they nailed that so perfectly. They did that people who aren't interested in playing the game can still have fun going around. You not necessarily playing the game to win it, but just using the game as a toy mm-hmm. as a way to like express themselves and have some fun and, and enjoy the game world. That's really difficult to find these days. I think MMOs have, have kind of taken up a lot of that space where you don't have to play the game. You just kind of go in to exist with your friends, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that of that requires, it doesn't offer, but that requires a much more like a much deeper commitment in order to, to move forward with that. I think that there's a whole series of games that we just don't know about. Yeah. You know, that indie games got so big, game development has become so democratized mm. that I think there's probably a whole bunch of like kids somewhere who are making them or a bunch of really old people somewhere that are making them and we just don't know about them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, I, but I know the game that my nine year old nephew would make would be super violent. I, like, I, 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 I guarantee that. Like, I guarantee. Like, even when he yeah. was um, like, for the first time playing my game, was like, uh, "Oh, you don't make a great bad guy." Like a giant note that was trying to eat you. I was like, "Yeah, but there are no bad guys in my game." And he goes, "Oh," and I, I saw this like click. Like, oh, you can have a world where there are no bad guys. Like he had never huh. even like yeah. considered that mm-hmm. before. Yeah. 
he like stopped and like looked at the sky for a minute. And I was like, well, I'm changing his world <laughs> like, right now. It's happening. But, wow. the, but it, like the concept of having uh, like tension and like the tension in our game comes from like not knowing what caused things to not have color mm-hmm. or like, you, can, you know, can I make this jump? You we've know? been talking about new one quite a bit, but haven't really described what it is. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Uh, that's, that's solid. So it's, um, it's a completely nonviolent 3d platformer. That's based on music. So um, you play as a character named Newt who wakes up one day. It's her birthday or his birthday. I, I call Newt uh, him and Ari calls Newt her. Mm. So uh, just another way that's like it's, it's a, a, a partnership with us. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's intentional in a way that the user can project onto, onto the, the avatar, whatever they feel. Yeah. Uh, and on the 10th birthday, the world has gone dark and it's uh, a musical world. So as you touch objects, they come to life with light and they start animating and the music changes in the world. There's six, mm-hmm. there's four realms, six levels per realm. Once you've woken up an entire realm, uh, you, you usually get a new power or a new outfit or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then once you've completed the, the whole world, the end of the story happens, which we actually just finished, uh, Two weeks ago, oh, we're, like, we're still working on the, on the visuals to get it in there, and uh, we just updated. We had one of those jam sessions. We're late in beta right now, mm-hmm. so okay. we're in beta one point five, which means we should be at beta zero point nine. But we just kept adding things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what happened was um, we we just kept looking at it. it was like ah, I think this could be better. This could be better. Mm-hmm. And we took our time, and now it's like okay. We've been grinding away for so for the last six months because we knew what the game was. It was like, let's get all the content in there. Let's get it playable. Yeah. I, I've actually played the whole game at this point. But um, I think Ari has too, but I'm probably the only one who's played through the whole thing. And we actually had one of those jam sessions where like he came up with an idea and just messaged me on Monday night. And I was like, I, I don't know if I can make that happen. Let me, let me hop on Skype. <laughs> and we hopped on and like, you know, like completely unscripted because pretty much for the last eight months it's been we know what we're doing you do your thing i do mine i'm mm-hmm. a former project manager so i've got like I, I built a little online tool called overlord that tells us what our tasks are <laughs> that's and, awesome <laughs> and, uh, instead of that it was like oh let's do let's have a jam session let's make something happen and be creative and it was like oh that's right i love this thing it's not, <laughs> it's not just this box you know it's like this this piece of clay that i've been trying to mold it's like it's actually becoming a, a statue but yeah yeah the, the game's purpose is also to be playable by uh, pretty much anybody uh-huh. but when people ask what is our target market like what our target audience is uh, it's usually it's hard to say because Gamers who like those types of games, mm-hmm. which isn't the public concept of gamers we were talking about, yeah. uh, tend to tend to really latch onto it. But also, we really want kids to be able to play it. And one of the the main things that we're trying to do is is not punish you for quote unquote failing. I did air quotes and I actually said quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so we we got that uh, actually from TEDx also in minibar was uh, originally we had five lives and then once you died you you died you. And what we found was people, specifically people who aren't gamers mm-hmm. or the people that we want to reach. That's also part of what we want to do is like show people, hey, games can be like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they'd be like, oh, man, I love that game. They'd put the controller down and want to talk about it rather yeah. than play. And we're like, mm-hmm. no, we don't. I don't want to tell you. You know, I can't tell you what the Matrix is. You have to <laughs> yeah. experience it. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so we just took deaths out of it. So lives are just gone. Mm-hmm. There's, there's just no way. To, there's no way to die. There's no way to hurt anything. And then we were like, well, we, let's just go all the way and just go full on happy popcorn, you know, 
cotton candy fireworks mm-hmm. and just nothing else in yeah. the game. And, yeah. and it, it kind of took a life of its own at that yeah. point. It's, all, it's wonderful watching people play the game and playing the game in general is just because I really do feel a sense of joy. In having this yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, Eye opening, I guess. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And nude I, is so cute. <laughs> I, I agree. I love all the different outfits and stuff. That's yeah. yeah he did, that's another thing where, where uh, we've got different outfits. There's like a nighttime outfit and the, the cold one where, where uh, she's wearing the like the warm hat. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know Ari was going to do that. He just sent it one day. I was like, can you put this in the game? I was like, oh, <laughs> I have to. Like, I can't not put that yeah. in the game. It's, it's too adorable. But there's there's like... Every time we've uh, exhibited it, which has mm-hmm. been like a, I think a dozen times now, where we've made mm-hmm. it publicly playable. Yeah, there's always a, a bunch of people. And I I get it who play and they're like, ah, it's not for me. And they put the control down, they walk away. And there's all there's every single time there's been at least a couple of people have been like, man, that's the best thing that's happened. This is the best I've felt in a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. Like that made me really happy. And we're like, as long as that can continue to happen, that's literally the goal of the game. That's the design goal of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think the difficulty is going to be like finding an audience for it. Because yeah. no one's no one's going to expect that when mm-hmm. they, when they open a game, and if it's not for you, then it's just literally not for you, and you mm-hmm. can just you can go play something that is for you because there's plenty of options for right. that. The thing that I think you haven't described yet is how all of those pieces come together. One of the things mm-hmm. that I what, when I've demoed it, like you talk about that sort of progression of the music and progression of the coloring the space, but yeah. that also lends itself to the level design you guys have done. So it has kind of a Mario Galaxy feel where it's sort of open, but it's actually quite linear. You do need to go from A to B. And I think that is the sense of progression that helps, you know, you don't see it as tick marks on a board necessarily. Um, and it all, it, it, the fact that they all work together, I think is, is one of the reasons why, like when you have this big idea of like, Oh, it's going to be nonviolent. It's going to be, it, it, you ends up, you put a lot of restrictions upon yourself. And so you have to then everything else needs to support that. Otherwise it'll collapse on itself of just right. being an idea and not a thing. Right. And I think one of the things that you've done, you guys have done successfully is really executed on that with all those different interrelating parts. And that's a huge challenge. It's, it, it was an enormous challenge that we didn't realize we were taking <laughs> yeah, right, when we started right. it. But uh, I wish I could take some credit for the level design. I, I, I will take zero. Our, Ari's levels are so imaginative that when we were at the stage that I would get new levels, I would get excited. He'd be like, oh, I uploaded a level. I'd be like, oh, cool. I can't wait. To, no, I'm going to run home. I'm going to download. I'm going to play it. I can't wait to check it out. Cause I've, I don't think I've, I've had an experience um, playing other levels like that. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of it is from the, like the owls. If you've played the game, there are these owls that you wake up and they go and they, they form little platforms that you jump on. Mm-hmm. And originally they were enemies, you know, and you, you like, you hurt them. And it was like, well, how can we recycle that and make that something where they become helpful? And, and then it was a completely different feel. It was like, oh, well now I can see where I'm going. But Ari also has a really strong sense of like space he's a he's a 3d artist during the day mm-hmm. and some of them are intentionally very linear and some of them he uses retraversal in ways that mm. that i get confused and there's been times when when uh, i watched uh, a friend's daughter play and got stuck on one spot and i think it was 20 minutes in this one spot mm-hmm. and he was like i've never seen her do anything for 20 minutes <laughs> like, except like breathe, you know, like, yeah. you know, like she doesn't do things for that long. And I was like, Oh, that's good. And what, what we've kind of discovered is that like that sense of like progression is uh, like you, well, the sense of achievement can come from not necessarily giving you like um, a stinger, you know, bing sound or um, uh, an on screen 
like achievement or something like that. Sometimes it's better if it's just kind of intrinsic. Like I've been trying for long enough and I've mm-hmm. done this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that maybe uh, will, will address what you just brought up, which is the sense of progress, is that the music system. So I'm a, I'm a musician kind of by nature. And there's uh, like five or six basic music tracks that are happening at any point in time. And then there's a different version of the music that's a lot darker that's happening. Mm-hmm. And they all uh, inter- interconnect based on how much progress you've gone through through the level. Mm-hmm. And that happens, it's really a zero to 100% for the level. And then wherever you are on that line determines the different volumes for each one of those tracks. And mm-hmm. that that's actually slightly randomized for each level. So even though you play the same level twice, and actually all of the all of the plants and the trees and the objects that are in the world, their scale and their rotation is, is uh, randomized at the beginning of each um, when the level starts. Okay. So even if you play the exact same level twice, it's going to feel just a tiny bit different. Mm-hmm. And uh, it caused a lot of problems because it also, <laughs> it also makes you like get stuck in places that you, you didn't think, Oh, I didn't know that tree could get that big. So now, <laughs> now I'm stuck there, but those are the types of things that you work through. And then the convergence of the, the music system and the sound system. And then like the au- kind of awkward level design. Cause there's a lot of times where people are like, what am I supposed to do? And then as soon as they have the, Oh, Oh, now I know I'm yeah. going to go there. Yeah. Like that gives that hit of like achievement without having to give them something in- explicitly in the game. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, you did it. It's like, oh no, you did it. And you get to feel that. And as a musician, it's like that happens when you actually like have practiced enough and you're like inspired or very often you're tired enough and like something happens like, oh, cool, I did it. And like no one's around, you don't get anything, but there's this like self-actualization moment yeah. that I think is really, really helpful in terms mm-hmm. of like. I've had that feeling as a programmer. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, it finally compiles. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Hooray. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So like that element of, of having the player experience that kind of sense of emotion and expressing that mechanically, like that's just so easy to do through a violent mechanic. Yeah. And Stephen, I know you wanted to talk about how we each approach that topic in our work, yes. right? Well, I mean, with Vengeance, we have a lot of, um, that kind of those kind of elements, those feel elements to make the violence feel more violent, more impactful, and more explodey. Uh, <laughs> one of these days, we have to have uh, my partner, Crime Lane Davis, on the show uh, to talk about that. But um, it's it's kind of weird because our our game is cartoony. It looks cartoony and it it feels cartoony, and like the characters, the the whole the whole story in the game is just cartoony feeling, and so it it just kind of feels more like a Saturday morning cartoon than anything else, and that's kind of how we're going with we're making those like those stretches feel really stretchy you know mm-hmm. and um and the explosions like really explodey feeling you know so i guess that's kind of how we're doing it but maybe in a in a very very base level i'm a, i'm a little sad very slightly sad that vengeance isn't quite or is is as violent as it is well if i may yeah i played a ton of vengeance yeah i dig it every time i play it i, I have fun and from from my experience, when mm-hmm. when you've got four people playing that game together, yeah. it it's its own thing, right? Like, like that that moment that you have with the people with whom you're playing, right, becomes what the game is about, right? Not necessarily what my avatar is doing on the screen. Yeah. It's like about my interactions with with my teammates, right? Right. And so I think that that's because our our game is specifically about like the user and like it's a single player game. That's also another thing that is just kind of ending is like single player games. Yeah. But yours is like this cooperative game where you, you've got the sense of like, Oh, we're all in this together. Look, Oh, look what I just did. Yeah. Oh, you did that. I'm going to do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And those, those moments, they don't really happen on the screen. They happen in like meat space, yeah. you know? And I think that that's, that's one of the great oh, things yeah. that your game has to Oh yeah. He's captured that. Really yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, I think it's really easy when you talk about violence in video games. And as an artist, when uh-huh. you talk about going down an avenue that's not as well explored, right? Yeah. Like that's a really exciting thing to do. But then it becomes very easy to be like, oh, well, uh, damn everybody who didn't follow me down this new path. <laughs> and I think, and, and what I like about Newt One is that it's not nonviolent for its own sake. It uses that and it makes it work for itself. Right. It's not, it's, it's not, it's not too proud of that fact, right? It, it owns it and it's good at it, mm-hmm. it and it is what it is. And so I think for like that, I think that says something about games that don't take that path. It's like, as long as they're good, yeah. like it's okay. Right. Like the, the, it takes all kinds. Right. 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 So I think, can we talk about your brother's game? Sure. So like, yeah. I know you like, love it. Oh, I love anti-piracy. It's like one of my, I, I, every time it's at a thing, like at mini bar, I like, I didn't even put my bag or down or take my coat off. I like ran up and I like started, just started playing. Oh my goodness. I love, I love that game. I don't think he knows how much I love that game. I think he's, he's bottled lightning with that game. The design is really airtight and it's totally abstract. So that you, it's, I mean, I guess you technically die. Yeah, your death is expressed in video game terms only. Yeah. Right? So, like you say, oh, I died, but that's just because you know how video games work. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is it even a death at right. that point? Yeah. It, yeah. But there's like, but there is like a very like, um, I don't want to say violent, but there's like an end to your experience. And that's, that's a good example of the type of game where it's like, it's abstract enough that it could be a death or it could just mm-hmm. be the end of, of that round or, yeah. or whatever it is. I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. do you die when you're playing like marbles and you lose, you know, like, the same thing, right. You know, like, yeah. do I, do I die when I lose it pool? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fascinating. All of our language about video games has, we talk about things in a violent way, yeah. even mm-hmm. in things that aren't like, a, like, Oh, I died. Yeah. Even if it isn't a death, that is mm-hmm. so interesting. I just, Realize well, also, that, when I dispose of an object in memory, I, I run object.kill. Like, yeah. that's, yeah. you know, it's, it's literally it's, programmed in. Right. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's an expression of language. I, th- I, I mean, I'm a, I feel that we, these things can be abstracted, and I'm not too worried about the poisonous effect of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting to know where it comes from and why we use those terms. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You haven't talked about Metro Nexus. Oh, Steve's giving me the stare down. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it's interesting because in my game, you play as a little car mm-hmm. and uh, you fire uh, energy bolts at each other. So it is definitely a game where you like attack, right? It has that sense. Yeah. But when you die in that game, um, your car breaks down and then you flicker out and disappear. Mm-hmm. So really, your car just breaks down. Yeah. But that's not that doesn't make it any different from from like how you how you die in Mario or Sonic or anything else. It's right. just presented a little bit differently. Um, but it is very competitive in that sense that it, it, it the actions you use are violent for sure mm-hmm. in that in that way. Well, well <laughs> three part harmony there. Right, right. I uh, I never remember which button is the uh, fire things or use yeah. object button. So I just paint stuff yeah so that's i mean that's the other that's just really dumb describing one side of the game the other side is this sort of in fact it's kind of interesting because newt one in a level you have to collect you have to touch everything in the world right and my game is almost exactly the same and that you have to collect you have to touch every platform um but the difference is is you have competitors who are trying to steal them from you yeah um so um that's one of the things i wanted to do in my game is to give players who have different motivations, different avenues to win. Yeah. And because, and I've described this on the show before, but the, when you complete a level, the game gives you stats. And so it doesn't tell you if you won, if you had the most lives or if you won because you had the most points, mm-hmm. you just get to decide which matters to you. And if you agree with your friend on what matters, then you're on a level playing field. You're fighting <laughs> over the same thing. Mm-hmm. But if you're not fighting over the same thing, then that conflict happens on the couch yeah. and not in the game. <laughs> and that, I, that, that is the conflict that I think is interesting to user stories, Right. 
Um, but and hopefully that's my way of expressing that kind of narrative interest without using strictly uh, battle mechanics, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. a little bit more to it. I'd like to think. Yeah. Can I just offer up that if my car, if I was driving down 35W and it stopped working when I got to work that day, I'd say my car died. Yeah, right. That's true. Yep. Really weird way to put that. Well, you know, we have lots of words for lots of things, but about half of our language is metaphor. Mm-hmm. And, and, and never more when we're in a virtual space, <laughs> then everything is a metaphor. And yeah. so it becomes very easy to, to, to describe it in ways which you don't often sit back to think about. And then when you do, it's almost, it's almost like, I'm almost, it's almost like a wasted effort. Cause it's just, it's like, it has, it has, it has, the meaning is in the metaphor. It's the metaphor is not deeper than that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Clawbreaker has exploding is, is explosions of blood. So literally just <laughs> violence. I, yeah. I ended in the blood. <laughs> <laughs> it started out its name as crustacean combat. Okay. So, yeah. I talk about this all the time, but I took that quiz from um, Quantum Foundry yeah. about like your gaming motivations, and mm-hmm. I scored a very, very high on destruction. Like that is something that I like really satisfies me in games. Um, not necess- but I don't really like games where I have to like shoot people. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, that but you'll like, wreck their call cars. Of, yeah, or <laughs> like yeah. Make explosions happen. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut their crab arms off. Yeah. Well, I, I can almost hear it in your voice. But like, you don't have to answer for that, right? right? Like, that's just a different. I, I'm the opposite of you in that sense. But that doesn't mean we're in that. I have anything bad to say about that type of motivation, right? As a player or a designer. That's right? true. Now you're working on your own projects on the side too. That's true. And aren't those nonviolent? Yeah. Um. The I'm working on a, a point and click adventure. Um, and it's going to be for my little cousins. And so, yeah, I don't think there's any violence planned in that at all. It seems very adventury the way you've described it. Yeah. They're just going around and helping all the, all their relatives make a festival happen. Oh, sure. Yeah. You against the relatives. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Such is life. (laughs) Just to be clear here too, like, um, I not, I'm not a believer that like violence is bad in games. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure I ever actually said that out loud. <laughs> I really enjoy a lot of violent games. Or, or um, I, I mean, I, I play Rocket League a lot now, and people are like, "Is someone driving that car?" I'm like, "I don't care." Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, as far as I could tell, there may be like sentient cars in you know after all the humans have died and mm-hmm. robot cars have taken over because they ran over everybody. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> but it is still there's still like a moment when you like demo someone else's car. You know, when you've run into them at. at top speed and the yeah. car disappears and explodes and it actually says boom on the screen <laughs> you get the camera shake that is really 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 satisfying mm-hmm. I, I brought up hitman earlier i can't think of a more uh right now i can't think of a more malicious game that i've played yeah. it's like you genuinely like right, right. strangling people who are just doing their jobs to take their clothes to go <laughs> yeah. somebody else yeah. you know, it, it doesn't seem quite right but mm-hmm. and i'm not saying that i would necessarily be see like newt one on a list if i wasn't making it and be like i'm gonna buy that game that looks amazing i have no idea oh, it sounds so cheesy when i say it but the, the game really revealed to us what it kind of wanted to be while we were making it and then yeah. we, had, we had to like listen and be like, well is this the right thing and then once we had this focus, that was really the moment, what I brought up earlier, like jumping on that one quote unquote enemy and watching it die and being like, oh, I feel terrible. <laughs> like that, that was the pivoting moment for the entire project. Uh-huh, I was right. like, okay, now we've got like a sense of what we want to do before it was like, let's make a game that is, you know, 
Journey meets Mario 64. You know, mm-hmm. like we were defining the game in terms of what other games were. Yeah. And it wasn't like, it didn't have its own identity. And uh, as like, you know, uh, Ari's an artist and, you know, I'm a musician and a programmer and it was just like, well, we're going to like try to express ourselves. And that's one of the things that you usually do with a song is they're like, I have to take myself out of the way so that the song can be successful. I think we were lucky enough to just have the project tell us early, early on, like, nah, you're not mm-hmm. that important. You're here to kind of serve me. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that iteration that, you know, we, we've preached about on the show. Like you talk about like when you kill that enemy and it felt bad, it's not because you don't like killing enemies in video games because right. you clearly yeah. do. Right. It's because it wasn't right for that project. Right. Yeah. And the, it, you know, I've seen your presentation show the iteration of this game. It's really quite incredible. Mm. Like the, that you, yeah, you did really just let it find itself. Yeah. And I think that's great advice regardless of what type of game you're making. That's really a great thing going forward. Yeah. Yeah. People are going to want to find more about you and your game. Okay. How can they do that? Um, Devonari.com, D-E-V-N-A-R-I.com. Or Facebook, you can look up Devonari. We're pretty easy to find. We have a Twitter that is relatively anemic. I, I, I think it's DNA Newt one at DNA Newt one But yeah, Facebook is a little bit easier to find us. The website will have everything. I'm doing a website update. We're going to be at GlitchCon, of course. Yeah. Yes. I think this will have gone out... Either just during or after, uh, so you will have we tried. Will have yeah. So yeah, yeah just, uh, <laughs> so yeah. So I hope you were there for it. Yeah. <laughs> but if you sign up on the, for the beta on or for our email list, you immediately get onto the beta. We have a Slack channel also, so uh, we're trying to keep those pretty small until we're mm-hmm. at uh, like close to being released. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll put all that in the show notes so yes. that people can uh, can you know have no excuse not to find you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's our show. Uh, so if you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app and be sure to give it a good review or if you liked it or a nice like us. We really do need to know you're out there. So leave us a review and tell all your friends too. Uh, also, give us some feedback on the feedback forum. Steven, make the pitch. Nicegames.club slash feedback. It's we true. need it. We want it. It's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Steven is so sad when you don't fill it out. Yeah. He knows, guys. He knows you're not doing it. Uh-huh. I'm watching each and every one of you. That's right. Well, listening right. to you. <laughs> talking to you. I'm talking to all of you right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, you've, you've, you've thrown him into a tizzy. He's that upset. <laughs> Go check it out. Nicegames.club slash feedback. We also want to hear directly from you, not just in the feedback form, but on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club. Let us know how we're doing. Send us your topics and ask us your questions. Lastly, you can find out more about the show and your nice hosts, as well as get all the links and notes from this and other episodes at nicegames.club. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.